What up, everybody? It's your boy, Nasty Backpack, and we are here. You're listening to the Nasty Backpack Podcast with your host, Nasty Backpack. We in the building. It's December 20th. We got four more days to Christmas Eve, and then Santa comes, and kids are smiling and happy, and hopefully everybody's in good spirit. Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm still getting over this cold, so I do apologize if you hear me clear my throat. I do got some agua on deck. Mm, that's tasty water. But uh, yeah, we are here. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, I know this is kind of late, but we're going to... Uh, <clears throat> R.P. to Penny Marshall. She passed away on Monday. On Monday uh, at the age of 75 due to diabetes. And um, she was Laverne from the Laverne and Shirley show. I believe she was on Happy Days too as well. Uh, and uh, for the younger audience, you probably don't even know who that, who that is. But um, that was a show that my parents grew up on. And I remember I used to... I used to watch a lot of Nick at Night, so uh, Laverne Shirley, Taxi, um, Happy Days. I used to watch all that, so that's just me being old school when I was still a kid, because most kids my age don't even know who uh, who she is. But she direct. She was also a very famous director. Um, directed huge movies like uh, Big. And League of Its Own. League of Its Own was an awesome movie. I still love that movie to this day. Uh, sorry, I had to take a drink. But uh, yeah, League of Its Own was a dope movie. I was a baseball kid, so uh, that was always a, <clears throat> a movie that that was like one of my mom's favorite movies. And plus, that was that was based on a true on true events on a true stories. So. The fact that 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 was a piece of history and uh, she was able to bring that movie to life and create a great cast and um, make a hit. That was a blockbuster hit right there for real. Um, but yeah, she passes away. She passed away. R.P. to her. Uh, 75. 75 is not a bad age to go, I guess. I mean, still rather young, but man, how, how old do we want to get? <laughs> I hope, I hope to God, I, I pray every day that I make it to, to the age of 75, but, uh, yeah, she just, she lost, she was battling diabetes, and, uh, it, it, it took her, diabetes is just one of those, those things that, uh, one of those diseases that's, that's, it's so hard, uh, to maintain, um, she was, it runs in my family for sure. Um, I just lost. I just actually lost a good friend, my friend Tomcat, to diabetes just two months ago. So I definitely know how how crazy that disease can be. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean seventy five though. I mean a lot of people don't make it to see seventy five nowadays. So. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she lived an amazing life. She was super, super famous and super rich. So, um, prayers go out to her and the family um, for that. But uh, we got P 
Pete Davidson still uh still not quite over still not quite over um Ariana Grande. He's um a couple days ago he put out a tweet before his Saturday night live uh performance um about how he was not wanting to be here anymore and it was pretty much like a suicide letter to his fans and to everybody. Um Ariana Grande rushed over there to the set of Saturday Night Live. He didn't want to see her. Um and he didn't he didn't really come out of his dressing room. They had a they had a re rework some some scenes. I believe that Davis Pete Davidson was only out there for one scene. Um, and that was just to bring out, uh, I forgot what, what performance it was over there, but he, he was the one that introduced them. And, uh, so he, he's still very much going through it. And we, we just kind of went over an episode of the day about depression and, uh, it's definitely not something to play around with or make fun of. Um, do I think he's doing this for publicity? Not at all. I think that boy is really, really hurt. I don't know what it is about Ariana Grande, but these guys get that's that's some punani that these guys cannot just walk away from. Um, I I do believe Mac Miller was also suffering from depression due to the fact that he lost Ariana Grande along with some drug issues as well. But I think a big part of uh, of the drug use was depression. Um, but yeah, the Pete Davidson, I believe I saw him on TMZ, uh, or TMZ did a, a story on him today that he's still going through it, still not okay, um, and that, that's a tough situation, it's a tough situation for, for Ariana Grande, because she, she knows, she knows that, that the pressure's on her for, because of, he's going through this because of her. And when you're in that situation, what do you do? Like, I mean, if she's truly not happy with him, she, she shouldn't be obligated to be forced to be with somebody that she that she doesn't see a connection with. And, um, you know, so she can't just be with somebody because they're going through a depression. She could be there for them, but I don't feel like she should be obligated to have to be with him um, and enable the, the situation. Um, with that being said, you know, I mean, there's so many fish in the sea that, that, uh, I mean, he, he's successful. He, he has a lot of life. He's still a young kid. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I don't see why. I don't see. I mean, I understand he was in love with this girl, but. If I remember correctly, he broke he broke that engagement off due to the fact that the death of Mac Miller was highly affecting <coughs> Ariana, and it's crazy because I've been I've been in this situation on both sides. I, I one of my past relationships, I was with a girl who um, before she was with me, she she was in a uh, a long term relationship off and on with a guy who uh, got in a motorcycle accident. And he passed away about, I think, like two years before I got with her. 
And I ain't gonna lie, like, um, you know, she was still going to his gravesite every day, or when she was having issues or, or feeling under the weather, she would be over there. And this was all going on when I was with her, and it, it no lie, it was a big turnoff for me, a huge turnoff for me, and, um, because I felt like even though he wasn't here, you know, me and her were starting something new, and we were in a relationship, and, um, it, it was almost like he was still here, and he was, he was intervening with our relationship, and, I don't know if that's a selfish thing for me, but I couldn't I couldn't go through I couldn't continue the relationship through the fact that she wasn't able to move on from him. Um, I just didn't feel like she should have even got in a relationship with me, um, not being completely over him. Because think about it, if you're with somebody and whether they're here or gone, and <clears throat> um, and when they when he passed away, they weren't they weren't at that moment together. Um, but when you're with somebody and, and they're still not over their ex, they shouldn't be jumping into a relationship. That's what I feel. So that, to me, it was kind of like the same thing as him being present. Um, so that was one situation. On the other hand, I was in another relationship. I know, I, I know guys, I've been in a lot of fucked up relationships. Uh, trust me. Uh, but I, I, I think I found the right one now. And then I married her. So, but um, in my past, one of my past relationships, I was with the girl who was going through depression as I was with her. We were together for like three years before she started really going through this depression. And man, it was the scariest shit. I've, I mean, that was by far the worst relationship I've ever been in. Um, we we. We took it kind of slow at first, but then we kind of, I guess, rushed things because we got a house that we had had gotten the house together. And I'm thinking like everything's looking up. Everything's we both have good jobs. We're both we got a house. We got a house. We bought a house, a badass house when the market was totally fucked up. So, I mean, our house payment was only like 600 bucks a month. So it wasn't nothing. This is for a big four-bedroom house with a loft. Uh, you know, I think it was like almost 3,000 square foot home. Pretty nice house. In a, in a really nice neighborhood, too. And, um, man, she just flipped the fuck out. And she started going through this depression. And I, and I caught on to it pretty early because I saw the habits that were happening. Um... She would she would be pissed off at me for a week, consistently, and then she'll be good for with me for three days, and then back pissed off at me for a week. And this was constantly for <clears throat> for about four or five months. It, it, this was constant. And uh, in my in my head, I started planning. Okay, I got to get out of this relationship because um, things are not looking good. This is not. It, this is too consistent for for uh, for me, and and I don't see it getting better because she has to, you know. And we she we even talked about her seeing a doctor. Uh, she was trying to get help, and then she stopped trying to get help. And as she stopped trying to get help, things are things started getting really really bad. 
and um, she pulled my gun out on me two times, and you know we struggled fighting over a, a pistol, and I had to disarm her from, from with this pistol because what, what was starting to happen was <clears throat> she she started slicing herself. She started slicing herself in her wrist, and. She, she, I, I, I tried contacting her mom, and her mom didn't believe me. And I told her that I'm gonna call 911 because you need, you really need help. And she told me, she, if you call 911, I'm gonna cut my wrist. I'm really, I'm really gonna slice my wrist. And she, and, and she was really starting to slice her wrist, and it was like, fuck, do you call 911 when you're in that situation, or do you try to de-escalate the situation? And and try to work it out, and then you know, try to fix things little by little, where you're not making no. I mean, I was walking literally on eggshells um, because there wasn't not one doubt that I had that she would not slice her wrist if I called nine one one. And she she was really about it, like, I, and this is like towards the very end of our relationship because. At that point, it, we were, well, I'm obviously in a toxic, toxic, toxic relationship. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to start getting out of this relationship. Like, start moving my stuff out. But it's 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 not a quick, quick process when you you lived in a house for three years and you a fully furnished house. And plus, where are you going to go? You know, where am I going to go? I, you know, I had to make arrangements and, and get my stuff all in order. So, um, with that being said, um, she, yeah, she started slicing herself and she put me, she put me in a position where she put the pressure on me where, okay, if I don't do exactly what she says, she's going to cut her wrist. And it kind of seems like, I, I'm not saying Pete Davidson is putting this pressure on Ariana Grande, but but it seems like there's some pressure on her because she's not with him no more. So that, you know, it's... And I'm not saying that Pete Davidson is doing this for publicity in any way, shape, or form. I think this is a real situation. I'm just comparing it to my situation because I know what that pressure feels like. And and obviously, Ariana Grande is not taking it so lightly to think that Pete Davidson won't actually do something crazy because she rushed to Saturday Night Live to uh, check up on him and make sure that he was all good. He didn't want to see her, which is a, a pretty selfish thing to do when somebody's trying, when you're going through some issues and and um, somebody's trying to help you out. The same way I was trying to help my ex out who, um, who was going through her situation at the time. And that situation got, that, this and this is all like in about a, a, a th- three, four week span. So she started cutting herself. So in my head, I mentally started, and this is my ex, she started cutting herself. So in my head, I started mentally getting detached from this relationship. I took myself out of it, I took my life out of my heart out of it. I had, I, I had my kids, she had her kids. So we were like a big Brady Bunch family. So I had to start planning on getting my my family out of there because it was so toxic and so bad 
And one day, like I said, this she was consistently fighting with me. And it could be over it could be over the smallest, dumbest thing. And um I, I mean the fights were so stupid. It was anything. It was any little thing. It could be, you know, it could be something as small as like I don't know, not not closing the door too hard, I would say. Some shit like that, like I don't know, not locking the car door or... I mean, I'm not saying that's what I did, but... I'm just trying to give you guys examples of how dumb some of these fights were. And, um... So she was already doing the cutting thing. Um, but one day she got... And then she was consistently fighting with me every week. For, like, about a week she would stay mad. And then, like, three days she would would be good. And I'm... And then... Bam, we'll be right back to fighting. So I definitely saw the issues. I definitely saw the depression in her. I definitely saw all the signs that that were showing me like. And on top of that, we we uh, we talked about it, and we tried to get the situation at least looked at by a professional. Um, she started seeing a psychiatrist, but then she didn't stay consistent with it. So nothing ever improved um and uh one of our last week of being together um her her oldest son had um he had some mental issues he had ADHD um but it was it was at a level that it was pretty severe and um so he was doing he was playing uh sports at the at the local um boys and girls club for kids with special needs and he had a baseball game and we went to this baseball game and um they they are my kid was two years younger than him three years younger than him and her son was a year two years younger than him and um they at the very end of the ma- the game, they just let all the kids go run on the baseball field and play. And the ball got hit to my son. And I told her, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like, that was a really good stop. Because I acknowledged my son making a good play, she got pissed off. And um, she was heated. And I was just like, whoa, like, man, that's, that you shouldn't get mad over that. This is your stepson. Well, I mean, not literally because we weren't married, but. I mean, when you're with somebody for two years, you, you look at their, your kids like they're their kids, or you should at least, if you're going to be in a relationship where there's uh, other little kids that are not yours involved. And um, that, that pissed her off because it wasn't like I was like, oh, it, it, it was just the fact that my, it was my son that made the play, you know, and I acknowledged it. She got upset about that. And, I, and it was crazy because I acknowledged all the kids, you know, but it was just that one play. That had happened at the moment, and it pissed her off so bad. So, the next day, so when she would get pissed off like that, I would just leave her alone because, um, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and obviously make the situation worse. So I'm not gonna keep hiding with you. I'm just gonna walk away. And and I went upstairs, and the next day she was still trying to fight and argue. And I was like, I'm not doing this with you. So I had a I had a photo uh, studio set up upstairs, 
and I'm like, I just went upstairs and I had, I had did a, uh, at the time I was doing shows, video shows for, for a director who would, um, who would, uh, put on acting shows and fashion shows. And I went and, um, did his shows for him. So I had, I had sold these DVDs. So I was putting those together and, um, she got mad cause I wouldn't fight with her. So she went upstairs and as I was upstairs working, she decided to tear my whole photo studio apart. On top of tearing my photo studio apart, she threw my $700 camera straight through the wall off the stairwell, um, broke all my lights, tore all my backdrops off the wall, um, disconnected the computer that I was working on at the moment and threw it over the stairwell where that just broke in, in pieces, like straight destroyed probably about $3,000 worth of photography equipment along with the computer that had all the the video from the DVDs that I had already sold on the hard drive and destroyed everything. And in the heat of that moment, she pulled um, one of my firearms out and cocked it right in my face. And um, I did have to disarm her. I wasn't going to play with Play around with that. You, you cock a gun in my face with that I know is loaded. There's, there's. I don't care if it's a woman or a guy at that point, it's or a kid or whatever. I'm, I'm disarming you just like a cop would disarm you or just like anybody would disarm you. And and we struggle fighting over this pistol for about five minutes. And um, man, I almost had to break her finger off trying to get that gun out of her hand. Cause she was, like I said, she. This there was this was already an ongoing situation that where she was. I already realized she was crazy. So for not one second did I doubt that she wouldn't pull that trigger, or even accidentally pull that trigger, and and I could be gone in just one, one shot. And so I was I wasn't taking any chances. I and it was what's crazy. And I don't know if this was God, looking out for me, but. The night before, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, and, and I was on Facebook, and I watch a lot of videos. And the night before, I, there was a gun page that I liked on Facebook. Well, I, I had already liked this gun page, but I it used to show, like, gun videos and different techniques and stuff. And a video I had came on on how to disarm somebody with, with the pistol right in your face, like if you're being robbed or something. And... I watched that whole video and I watched it like three, four times because I thought it was a very interesting video, you know. I never thought that that would be in that situation the very next day. And um, being in that situation, I I yanked that gun out of her hand so quick and used every, I mean, I, I didn't yank it out of her hand, but I kept it from going off and I kept myself from being shot and I disarmed her just how the guy did in the video that I watched the night before and um, luckily got that pistol away from her. Um, 
with that being said, I took the I deloaded the gun, took the clip out of there, took the magazine out of there, took the bullet out of the chamber, and called my brother to come get me because this shit was crazy. It was too too toxic, and um, I should have called the cops right then and there, but I didn't want to see her. Our kids, our both our kids were in school at the time, so I didn't want to see her see her go to jail, I just wanted to get out of there, like, that was the last straw, and so I'm, like, I hid the gun, I started packing my shit up, and only the stuff that was important to me, I was, like, you know what, once I'm out of here, I'm not coming back, like, so I started packing up all my stuff, called my brother to come, um, because her son had, had the issues that he had, we were forced to, um, put a deadbolt on the on the front door, on our front door to get out and in and out of the house. Um, so you could only open that deadbolt with the key because he had issues with waking up in the middle of the night and trying to walk outside. And when my brother pulled up, I already started stacking stuff out front that was going in the car. And as my brother is pulls up, my son's already outside with my stuff because we're, we're getting ready to dip out. She, my brother pulls up, she slams the door, locks it with the key, and says, you're not going nowhere. And then the, I, when she did that, I had this little 22-inch 20, TV in my hand. She starts socking the TV with, while I'm holding it, and then she gets one of these glass containers that she, she made on Pinterest with all those clear beads and rocks in it and stuff decorative piece and she fastballs that shit right at me hits the TV and the TV breaks and that shit broke and there's glass everywhere and beads everywhere and there's already a mess in the house from all my photo equipment that got thrown over the the stairwell and it, it I ain't gonna lie it pissed me off and I'm telling my brother to kick the door open he's struggling to kick. he's like doing these baby kicks on the front door and I'm like kick the door open so finally he puts his big boy shoes on and fucking kicks the fucking door open <coughs> um she fucking freaks freaks out cuz the door got kicked open and cops get called and I ain't gonna lie like I was pissed off that all my shit got fucking destroyed where we had just bought brand new couches, and I knew I was I knew I was gone, and I took a, a, a cheap, this cheap Chinese folder knife that my dad bought like a thousand of them on, the, on online on those infomercials where they buy six hundred knives right now for this price, and but these knives are so cheap that when I I took that knife to the couch because. All my shit got broken. And I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. So I'm taking this. this she ain't going to live in with these nice ass couches that we just bought. And, and fucking. So I stabbed the knife. I stabbed the, ni- the couch with the knife. The knife folds up on my hand. And now I got half my finger cut off with blood dripping everywhere. Um, once my brother kicked the door open, she called the cops because she knew I was leaving. And um, I didn't want to leave the scene like that. With the, knowing that the cops had got called so what I told my brother was okay take all my stuff take my son 
go home and then I'll deal with the cops and and we'll just go from there because I didn't want to I didn't want her to put it all on me and me not be there when the cops get there and then they go looking for me and it, it, it looks bad on me because I fled the scene so cops came they were just fabulous on how the house was got tore up so tore up I'm sitting there with a sliced ass hand bleeding everywhere um there's blood, there's glass, there's beads, there's broken shit everywhere. Um, and the cops were just, they they had to bring an investigator in to take pictures. And um, the very end, I, I didn't press charges. I was only going to press charges if she was pressing charges. Because that would have mean that with, that, with charges being pressed, I would have went to jail. So if I'm going to jail, you're going to go to jail with me. So, um, I told him I was only going to press charges if she's pressing charges. Um, she didn't press charges. I didn't press charges. And so that was the end of that. Um, the cops gave me a ride to my parents' house and, um, I never went back. I left there, but that just tells you where this depression shit, how bad this depression shit can be. And, uh, like I said, you, you can't take it lightly. I did not take it lightly. And it's crazy because I contacted her mom to let her know, like, hey, like... And this was weeks before all this crazy shit happened that what her daughter was going through. And her mom never reached back to me. She didn't give a fuck. Like, she... I think she sent me a text just saying, you guys just got to work through that shit or some shit like that. I, and she took it for granted how crazy her daughter was. Um... And it was just, it was just nuts. So when I, when it comes to depression, it's definitely something that you can't take lightly, especially if somebody's crying out for help on social media and, and, and sending out tweets about ending their lives. You definitely got to take that serious. And in Pete Davidson's situation, I, I look at it like, man, this, this kid needs some help. I don't think he needs to be in the spotlight right now. I think... Uh, Saturday Night Live needs to put him on some, not a suspension, but they definitely need to give him a, a, a vacation and get him checked out for his own good and um, get him better because he gets too young, too talented to, um, to, to fight this battle alone and, and and it's crazy because you see this with comedians all the time. I mean, this is the same stuff that happened to Robert Williams. And, you know, they make you laugh, but you don't know what they're going through, feeling inside. And so that definitely to get this, this guy some help. On, on, the, uh, <clears throat> on the other hand, with the whole mental illness and depression, and I think it all ties in together. Um... Today, Patriots uh, and Josh, well, well, Josh Gordon, he tweeted out that he's going to be leaving the Patriots um, due to the fact that he is uh, dealing with mental illness as well. Um, <clears throat> and I believe he just failed another drug test. And that was the whole reason for him. <clears throat> coming out with this tweet um but this is another this is another guy that's been battling 
demons and and been battling these demons for quite some time now. And I think this is probably going to be his last last leg in the league. I don't think I don't think that he'll ever be well enough or disciplined enough to um, stay professional. But it's it's sad to see this happen to Josh Gordon once again, and for him to um, fall fall back into his 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 old habits and and you know. Hopefully he does get the help that he needs because um, I mean he's a great talent. This this is a guy that was was a league receiver in 2014 um, and got dealt with drug issues that kept him off the field and and this was this was supposedly supposed to be his year for his comeback and he fall he fell right back into into his uh, his addiction and now is dealing with it. And that was said to be the reason why the Cleveland Browns cut him at the, uh, or traded him. They didn't cut him, they traded him um, early in the season. And uh, the Patriots, you know, they thought they were going to be able to change him and be able to to help develop him to be the talent that he once was. And they thought they were doing a really good job with him, but obviously, you know, Josh Gordon has to make these changes on his own, and he has to he has to be able to uh, he has to be able to have some kind of self control, and the fact that he doesn't have that self control, um, you know, it, this is for the best for him right now. So hopefully, he steps out of there and gets gets the help that he needs to get better. So that, you know, who knows, maybe in a couple of years, I don't know what the league penalties are going to be for him. I don't know how they're going to discipline him. I, I think he's definitely done. He's definitely done for the season. That's for sure. But uh, being that he was already on the list for um, drug issues, um, it's going to be a slippery slope for him to come back. So we'll just have to wait and see and see if... Uh, if they're going to allow him to come back. See if they're going to um, allow him to, to be back. And this, I mean, it's just sad for this for this young guy because he's still still very young. I believe he's only like 26 years old, 27. Um, and to see him, I mean, this is a guy that has, could have everything. I mean, he's, he's already a millionaire. Um, and... You know anything that he wants in life, he not only did he change his, he has the opportunity to change his life, but he changed his family's life, and and he's still dealing with these issues that are is causing him to um, fall back into the issues. So it's a sad thing. We're gonna have to pray for him, and hopefully he one day he gets back on that field and and keeps his keeps his head clear and, and stays focused. Another person that. Dealing with demons and battling addiction, and this guy right here just—it's just—I don't know if you can teach a dog old tricks, but he's a guy that's been dealing with drug issues for years. Artie Lanes. I mean, this guy—I don't know if you guys seen the videos and pictures on YouTube or on on the internet, but I mean, his nose is so fucked up from 
all the drug use that I mean it looks like a uh a upside down heart that got punched right in the middle and dented right in the middle of it I mean it's it's crazy and this is a guy another person that that's had everything in life that you could ever want and still they just stick it up their nose and and just ruined the I mean his career has I mean this I remember when Dirty Works came out and I thought that was a really good movie and, and you know he was in Billy Madison but Dirty Works was like a movie that was his movie you know him and and Norm McDonald's and they were both so heavily on drugs that I believe both their careers kind of shattered and and went down the drain and you know already had his second chance on the Howard Stern show and he was on there for years and and then you know on, on that show you could definitely tell he was he was still on drugs you I mean I've never really seen him not on drugs or being in a, in a state where where he didn't look like he was on drugs. I mean, I just saw him on the Joe Rogan podcast, um, a pretty recent episode, and his nose was already all fucked up and shit, but um, I mean, it, from the sounds of it, it sounds like he was trying to get better and he was trying to... Um, do what he had to do and you know he didn't look healthy at all he looks super old now I mean I'm pretty sure he's like in his 50s anyways so but he looks like he's in his 60s 70s um way out of shape you know who knows what the inside of his body looks like and um you know but he but he was very open and and vulnerable on on the Joe Rogan podcast and um he just looked like a guy that was ready to start making changes and then uh this week he gets busted with some more drugs um he did say that he did stop the heroin so he wasn't I don't believe he was on heroin uh with his latest drug, I think it was probably some kind of pills or something um, that he was that he was uh, on. Um, the whole nose thing, I he was talking about there was some surgeries, more surgeries that he needs to have to get that all fixed the right way. And uh, but I, I believe it was a, a pill that he tried snorting, and it just totally fucked his nose up. If you guys haven't checked that out check Artie Lang the recent photographs on 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 uh, Google and you'll see this guy this guy's nose is just mangled that it looks like it looks like a nose that had a lot of drugs up it and uh, it looks like he snorted a VW in that thing I mean that thing is crazy looking but He's another guy. Hopefully, he gets the help that he needs. Uh, I think he avoided the the jail sentence that they were gonna give him, um, which is a good thing because I I don't think he needs to be in jail. I think he needs to be in rehab. <coughs> he just needs to take the rehab serious because <clears throat> I mean I don't know how many cha- more chances he's gonna get in life 
I mean, he's already up there in, in the age, at the age bracket where if you're still continuing to do drugs, you're not going to be around for, for much longer. So hopefully, um, and he's a funny guy. That's the worst part about it. He's a really funny guy. Like, he made me laugh. I, I watched that Joe Rogan podcast with him on it like three, four times because he made me laugh so hard. But, um, th- I mean, this is a guy that has a lot of talent, but he just, he takes it for granted and he... Um, you know, this is why you don't see him in movies anymore because he can't keep his nose clean and, and you know, all he's able to do is just be on the road and, and the, I believe being on the road, going from club to club is probably the reason why he is in the situation he is and he, he's not, he hasn't progressed, um, you know, so hopefully he can, um, get his shit together I, I i believe his mom is still alive and one of the things that he was saying on the joe rogan podcast is that he needs to be here for his mom to take care of his mom but bro you're not gonna be able to take care of your mom if you're locked up or if you're end up passing away due to these these drugs you keep you keep fucking with so hopefully you get shit together hopefully you know because you're a very talented guy and uh you know, this is this is something that that we hate to see with with somebody with such great talent, and um, hopefully you can uh, get out of this situation you're in. Um, and some other news, kind of steer away from all the <coughs> all the crazy shit happenings. Uh, Travis Scott has been announced. Travis Scott will be joining the. We will be joining Maroon 5 for the Halftime Super Bowl show, which is, uh, that's going to be interesting. If I think if any rapper is going to be on that stage this year, uh, I could definitely see Travis Scott killing it. Um, <clears throat> he's had a great, a great year. He has a great hit single out in sickle mode. Um, hopefully they could try to work some deal out to get, to get Drake out there with them, man. That'd be dope to see them both out there and I think Maroon 5 would, would definitely appreciate a Drake being out there and not just that I think America will appreciate a Drake being out there so hopefully they you know now that Travis Scott has already committed to the, the Super Bowl sh- show um, man hopefully they could try to plug a Drake in there just for just for that one song I mean that would make that would be epic We I, I, the Super Bowl hasn't I mean the last good one that I saw it was when Bruno Mars was on there, and then before that, it was it was it's been a while since since I seen a good Super Bowl show. Um, I mean, they have they usually they usually miss. They usually get people that are way out of their prime or just ain't really got anything really buzzing. Last year they had uh, Justin Timberlake out there, which I thought, man, like why would you guys? I mean, Justin Timberlake is huge, definitely a list celebrity, but. I mean, I just, I, I just think as far as bu- the buzz going, uh, they could have did a little bit better and got somebody a, a little bit better, like a Drake. But uh, I like this move. Maroon Five is dope. Um, now they, now they're gonna have a full set with uh, Travis Scott. So that's, that's good to see um, that the, you know they, they are working with the hip hop community um, and not just shying away from them because we've seen for years them stay away from uh, that and, and, you know, um, go a different route. So that's good to see. 
Um, let's get to a little bit of politics. Trump is over here uh, pissing the whole country off even more than he already has with the statement that he released, I believe, today about pulling uh, all the troops out of Syria and just kind of leaving them alone. Um, and I think I think this is all moves being done due to the fact that he's not the Democrats are not budging with the wall situation and giving him the budget for the wall. And with that, he's you know he's going to do everything in his power to piss them off. Um, I did see something today saying that Trump is the reason for all the chaos that's going on in the U.S. today, and I. Um, when it comes to politics, I think they're all corrupted, so I don't vote. I don't vote at all because I because I just think that it's. I don't want my vote to count. I don't want my vote to go either way because, like I said, I, I, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. But I think the chaos has been going been going on for quite some time. I think the country has been divided way before Trump even got in office. Um, why we're divided I don't I don't know that reason but I do definitely see um, chaos in, in the world in the, in the US today that you're not seeing in other countries um, but I just think it's just something that's kind of been going on way before Trump um, does Trump help it he, he definitely stirs up a lot of a lot of controversy and pisses a lot of people off. But, um, I mean, we saw the same stuff when Obama was in office. Um, terrorist attacks were still happening. Cop shootings were still happening. Um, so, I mean, the, this, this, the, 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 the fact that the country is divided, that's something that's been happening. We saw what happened in Ferguson under the Obama administration. Um, you know, things have just always, for as long as I remember, shit, shit has been chaotic for quite some time. Um, ever since, the, you know, the 2000, ever since the Twin Towers went down, that, you know, everybody, chaos has, has been there. Um, and I don't think this is something that you can just put on Trump, but Trump doesn't help the situation as as well he you know if anything he creates uh situations that that make it worse but um that's just something that I saw today that I just wanted to speak on because um you know he he did make these statements that he is pulling wanting to pull the, the troops out of Syria um a lot of Democrats and Republicans are against it due to the fact that they look at the what happened with the Obama administration and uh, when they pulled the the troops out of Iraq um, that was you know the birth of ISIS and um, so they, they, they feel like that's gonna uh, strengthen ISIS uh, to build back up their their army and cause cause more bad than than good at the moment. Um, but at the same time, these, these troops, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think we should be there fighting? 
um, still, or do you think, you know, regardless whether we're there or not, ISIS is going to, you know, keep trying to do what they're doing? Um, anyways, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just know that, you know, from what the generals are saying, sounds like the generals are wanting to stay in Syria. And I'm not, I don't know if that has anything to do with any kind of political ties or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure the troops want to come home. I'm sure they, they want to be there with their families for Christmas and so I don't know. I, I don't know where Trump's motive is with this. Um, I just I don't know if it's if it's to piss everybody off uh, due to the fact that he's not getting his wall built right now. And um, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if on what side of the fence I'm on with it. Um, I mean. We're not. We don't live in Syria, and I think we have enough issues in the U.S. that we need to really focus on. And and the fact that we're focusing on everybody else's problems in the world, I don't. You know, and I'm not trying to be selfish, but I just I think we have a lot of issues here on our own soil that we can't we can't figure out. You know. Um, that that that's going on, you know, with with the the the, the country being so divided. Um, people feeling like targets, cops, cops not on the same page with civilians, you know, or law enforcement not on the same page with civilian uh, immigration. We have immigration issues. Um, so the fact that we're, we're fighting another country's war, um, you know, I, I kind of see where Trump is, is coming from with this, this whole thing and, and war's not cheap. War is not cheap. Who, who's getting paid for all these, the gun companies that, 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 you know, the Democrats go after so, so much. But yet yeah, they're making millions and millions of dollars getting these government contracts to supply, keep supplying government and supply other countries' governments with with firearms and everything. So we, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror, and um, I think we need to better our country and get our country better, so that others will follow and. I mean, why why isn't terrorism these situations coming? Like, why isn't the strategy for these situations coming up in the G20 summit that you know when all these countries are getting together on how to make the world a better place? Why isn't that one? Of, why isn't everybody pitching in? And why is it just the U.S. pitching in and doing their part? Why are we trying to be the mediators of the world? And costing tax dollars and, and putting the country in debt more than than what it already is with war, and you know, if no if no other other countries are are doing the same, so um, we'll have to just kind of keep an eye on this and see what develops, what news 
new situation. I know a lot of the Republicans are against pulling the troops out, along with a lot of the Democrats, because they think that it's going to strengthen ISIS and and let ISIS rebuild. Um, but I think these countries need to work on rebuilding themselves as well, and not just have keep a crutch with with us. Because, I mean, we've been there for how long? And, and why aren't these countries getting themselves better? Why are they not? Why? How many years have we been in Syria and, and Libya? And, and, and these countries got to start pulling their own weight so that they can defend themselves against these, these terrorist groups. Um, that way we don't have to fully assist and, and have, you know, fathers, daughters... Mothers, sons, brothers, you know, risking their lives, you know, but I don't know, it's just a food for thought. I just came across that story today, so we just have to kind of stay stay on top of it and see what develops out of it, um, but it's been a good show. It's your boy Nasty Backpack. You can follow me on Twitter at Nasty Backpack. Um, you can... Send me a, a a message through Gmail at nastybackpackpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest or or if you want to be a co-host on one of the episodes, let me know. I'm, I'm always down for that. I always like having guests on the show. Um, so, yeah, let's get to it. It's your boy Nasty Backpack. We are out.